Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I want to get into the word this morning. I promise I won't be long, uh, but I do have something important to go over. We talk about the cultures of Christian Worship Center. That CWC has different cultures, a different, the same way every nationality has a culture, we have a culture. We have a certain identity that we have. And Christian Worship Center has its culture. We have a culture of passion. We love God. We love the things that God, we love people, we love God, but more than ever, we, we're passionate about the things that God, God is passionate about. We, we have a culture of purpose. Everything God created has a purpose. Everything has a function. And so we, we're here to help you find your purpose. And not only that, we believe in a culture of generosity. God is a giving God, and so we should be generous as well. And not just with our finances, but with our time and our talents as well. The fourth thing, Pastor Nick went over this last week and nailed it, is a culture of service. We have to learn how to give. We have to learn how to use our giftings and serve one another. You know, wouldn't it be a great culture if we out, try to outdo each other in service? Yeah, let me get that. No, no, no. Let me get that for you. No, let me get that for you. No, let me. If we were working hard at trying to outdo each other in service instead of wanting to be served, instead of choosing a church like we do a restaurant. How good's the food? How are you serving me? Do you give prompt service? Am I in and out of there in a quick amount of time? What's the ambiance like? Instead of choosing a church based on where you could serve. This isn't a Christian club, folks. Y'all looking for a club? Go join a country club somewhere. This ain't it. The church of the living God is not a club. It's a living, it's not an organization. It's a living organism. We were create. God created us to be his, his hands extended. You know, in the, in the New Old Testament or in the New Testament, God moved through the physical body of Christ. Jesus' body. In this day and age, God moves through the spiritual body of Christ. You totally missed that. When Jesus walked the earth, he was the physical body. He healed, he delivered, he did great acts and great miracles and so forth. Now that Jesus is gone, there is another body of Christ, but it isn't a physical body. It's, not t- it's the body of, you're the body of Christ. You and me are the body of Christ. And so God expressed himself in the same manner through you and I. And if you're not working, if you're not doing things, then there's a problem. The, the fifth culture that we're going to go over today is a culture of power. Everyone say power. power. I love this one right here. You see, a powerless church is just a club. And you know what? I need you to understand my heart because I'm, I'm going to get dirty this morning. I, I'm just going to get nasty this morning because I'm sick and tired of religion. Jesus didn't come to establish religion. In fact, all the religion that you've seen in the Old Testament, he established it. He said, you heard it said of men of old, do not murder. 
But I, where, where did they hear that from? He was the one that established it. In the New Testament, he comes and says, but I say unto you, in other words, I'm going to give you a higher standard. Grace doesn't lower standard, it hires it. Old Testament said don't murder, New Testament says don't even hate. Don't even talk about your brother. So what am I talking about this morning? Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. What's the church all about? Where was it birthed at? What's the culture that it needs to be founded in? It has to be founded in a culture of power. I love what uh, Tim Story used to say, that which was born in the fire can't survive in the smoke. And we're so busy sending up smoke signals, the fire of God's left, and we're coughing around the church. (laughs) My my hecklers are back this morning. (laughs) Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 8. This this is what Jesus tells the disciples. In fact, I need you to grab a hold of this. Everyone wants power. Everyone in this place wants power. You're like, no, I don't want power, Pastor Dan. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. No, no, stop lying. Be straight. Be straight with me. You want power. Every one of y'all want to be rich. Not because of the money, but because of the power it gives you. Right? You want to go where you want to go. You want to buy what you want to buy. No, Pastor, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, yeah you, every time you turn the key of the car, you're just praying that the car turns on. Yeah, you love that. You love, you love when you go to your account and you're, you're buying something at the grocery store. You're praying because you're so poor, it keeps you close to God. God, please let this transaction go through. Lord, please let this go through. Some of y'all are living on faith right now. but that's not what God intended for you we've gotten so used to living like that but that's not God's intention he created Adam with dominion power he created him with the ability to affect and to rule his environment when Adam and Eve fell into sin they lost dominion They lost relationship with God. So Jesus did not come to save you. He came to restore the kingdom by giving you back power. You're not catching this. Some of your religious minds right now are just sitting there thinking, no, I need you just to give me a word to get me through this week. You're in survival mode right now. And it's time to take the church out of survival mode. Oh, if I could just get to church, if I could just get through this week. You were created for power, for dominion. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive religion. You will receive peace. You will receive patience. You'll receive endurance. All good things. Some of those are fruits of the Spirit, folks. But what's the last promise that God gave us before he left? The last words a person says before they go on are usually the most important. When my baby girl died, me and her mom laying on each side of her, 
And she looked over and said, Daddy, I love you. She looked at her mom and said, Mommy, I love you. Mommy responded, I know. She wasn't talking about a bunch of other junk that was out there. When you're at your last words, they're important. Jesus' last words to us were, but you will receive power. Pretty important. Everyone say power. But you will receive power. The Greek word is dunamis. When the Holy Spirit, what's going to come upon you? The who? Not an it. The who? See, it's something that we don't even identify with in the modern church today. We got churches that have established their whole denomination on the fact that he doesn't even exist. But you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Power has a purpose. Witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Pray with me now. Bow your heads. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Wowzer, that was a long introduction. The very last promise Jesus gave to us before he left earth was power. Why? Because God's intent for mankind was power. God's original intent for man was dominion. You were created for power, and so Christ came to restore the kingdom by giving you back the power by which you were created for. I need you to understand, every one of us wants power. In fact, take a look at these truths. Number one, everyone wants power. It's deep, right? Secondly, not only does everyone want power, we want the power to influence our environment and our circumstances. How many of you are tired of allowing your circumstances to affect you? Hey, how, how many of you have diabetes, wish that you could declare that diabetes gone? Oh, you like that diabetes. How many are, have a financial struggle that would like to be able to take dominion over your finances? How many of you would love to be able to take a marriage that is broken, broken and put it back together, take dominion in that area? So we're like, well, I'm not sure. Can I get a better husband? Can I upgrade? Can I turn in a, turn in a 50-year-old for two 25-year-olds? Or... Okay, I'm going downhill on this one. Power was hardwired into each and every one of us. The reason you, that, that, you know, how do I know this is because when someone tells you what to do, you don't want to do it. Because power was hardwired into you. God, when he created man, gave man the ability. Now, I could be sitting there, I can walk by the garbage can, see the garbage can is filled, know that I, garbage needs to be taken out, sit down, walk by it, and then all of a sudden my wife says, take out the garbage. You see me? I'm busy right now. I'll take out the garbage when I'm good and ready. All the men say, 
See? See? Then she says, take out the garbage. I say, okay, babe. We all want power. Why? Because as human beings, it was something that God gave to us. The problem is this. When man lost relationship with God, we lost our dominion. And so when we're separated from God, we lose our power. Jesus came to restore relationship so that now we can take back our dominion. This is where the problem comes in. We got the world is filled with people that are powerless trying to take power back again. You find any wannabe gangster out there, as soon as they pull out a gun and they see everyone duck, that kid feels for the first time what it is to have power. And it feels good because this is what I was created for, was power. So when he pulls up the gun, everyone ducks. He's like, yeah, this feels great. It's an abuse of what he was created for. You, you get, you get that, that scared husband that beats his wife. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. It's not godly. It's not manly. You're a fool. A man doesn't lay hands on a woman. A man doesn't lay hands on a woman. And I need you to grab what's old. So he, he, he hits his wife and then he sees her cower. And for the first time, he feels, whoa, dominion. He feels empowered. But that's an abuse of what God intended you to be. Are you following me? When, we're not, when we don't use the power that we were created for the right way, we abuse it. We try to find That's what, get over here. You see the parents with the kids, get over here. And the kid is, is scared to death like a, like a dog. They pee whenever you call their names. They're scared to death. It's like Pastor Matt's dog, Rocco. The flying dog. Rocco pees when you call him, huh? Sometimes... Nova's shaking her head, bro. You're in trouble. <laughs> but when that parent lords over their children, they feel empowered. Go get me a beer. Get me something to drink. Hurry up. Get over here. That individual is abusing the dominion they were created for. Folks, follow me on this. When you misuse your dominion, you end up abusing people. You were created, every one of you in here was created for dominion. But the dominion God gave us was never meant to be exercised over another human being. Notice in Genesis, every individual that he gave or everything that he gave dominion over was the environment, surroundings, not people. He never gave Adam dominion over Eve. He gave it over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the grass on the ground, over the cattle. He gave him dominion over his environment. My friend, I need you to understand, God created each and every one of you with the ability to change his environment. It's in you. 
You can walk into the middle of an argument and bring peace. You have the ability to walk into a business that's fallen apart and pull it out of the gutter and bring profitability back to it. Why? Because you have dominion. It's in you. It's what you were created for. So Jesus says, go wait and I'll give you power. Power is for a purpose. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness to the world. We don't have power so we can, okay, you prophesy to me. Now me prophesy to you. I'll lay hands on you. You fall out. Then you lay hands on me. I'll fall out. It was supposed to be outside the walls to touch lives. See, listen, folks, let me, can I just talk to you for a second? I'm sick and tired of church as usual. I'm tired of preparing messages. I'm tired of preaching. I'm tired of offering comfort. I hate going to a hospital praying comfort instead of bringing healing. Bill Johnson said that these words were powerful. God didn't command us to pray for the sick. He commanded us to heal the sick. That's right. Whole nother level of living. CWC needs to be a place of power. It has to be a place where the power of God is extended. It has to be a place where, where the Spirit of God is allowed to move. Everything Jesus did when he walked the face of the earth wasn't on his own power. He didn't do it as God. He did it as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're living a defeated life, it's because of the fact there's not enough of him in you. See, we can't be filled up... By God, when we're filled up by things of the world. The only way I can fill this bottle up is if I get rid of what's in it right now. And we're asking God, God, I want more of you. And he says, there's not enough room. You want more of my power, you got to get rid of all that junk that you're carrying around. I need you to understand my heart. When the Holy Spirit comes in, why did Jesus pray so much? It wasn't because he was far away from God. He prayed to maintain a level of filling of the Holy Spirit in his life. That's why Jesus said this. Listen, I'm going to go. And they're like, no, no, don't go. And he says, I have to go. In fact, it's better if I go. In John chapter 14, he tells them, I go that I can send the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. When I send him, you're going to greater things than these shall you do. Greater works. Jesus' shadow never healed anybody, but a man by the name of Peter did. Greater things. What am I telling you, folks? I'm here. We, we either believe the word of God or we don't. Oh, come on. We either believe what the Bible says or we don't. It's not a book of fairy tales. It's the word of God. If miracles are promised to us, then we need to see miracles today.
have to have a culture where the power of God shows up. How, how powerful is the Holy Spirit that when God formed man out of the dust of the ground, the Holy Spirit was blown into him and dirt became a living being? Wow. How powerful is the Holy Spirit? It's blown into a murderer and he becomes an apostle that writes 13 books of the New Testament. How powerful is the breath of God? It's blown into a man that is so shaky by the name of Peter, a fisherman, that all of a sudden his shadow is now cast on people and they're raising up because there is power in him. God wants to place that power in each and every one of you. It's not just for the minister. I was raised in a culture where it's only the, the, the ministers, only the, we got to wait until Benny Hinn comes to town so we can get healed. We see Stephen being filled with the Spirit of God, and this guy, was he had a regular job like everyone else, and he's healing people. That's what God wants, folks. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? God wants to give you dunamis. He wants to give you power, ability. Ability to transform your circumstances. Not having to wait to Sunday in order to get prayed for. That you have the ability to declare to your situation and to your circumstances and bring transformation to them. That God wants to bring about a change. Folks, I need you to grab a hold of the seat. Power is for the purpose of being a witness. But a church without power is a church without witness. A powerless church is not a witness of who Christ is. Listen, I believe people are going to die. I, I believe it's going to happen. The Bible even says it's appointed for man to die once. But I think people should die healthy. They shouldn't die because of sickness. Pastor, I don't understand that. Because we have healing in the word. Jesus bought it. He died on the cross so that we could be whole. We, we need to develop, we got to start believing this thing. The Bible, they, we were known, used to be known as believers. Do we believe anymore? Do we even believe in what the Word of God says anymore? Are we believers? Or are we just attenders? Come on. Easy. We have access to the same power. That Jesus did. See, folks, as a worship team, if you could help me, as we, as we kind of land this plane, because I know the Niner fans want to get out of here. Hey, you're ready to go already, bro. Packing up the kids, looking at them. <laughs> Sit down, bro. Take it easy. <laughs> In Luke chapter 13, I want, as we, we, we bring it down, I want you to check this out. Luke chapter 13, Jesus runs and comes into the synagogue and he's teaching. It's on the Sabbath. And while he's teaching, he notices a woman who's, who's like this. And she comes into the synagogue. She sits down and the only way that she's able to see what's going on is when she sits down. Now she could see. When she stands up, she can't straighten up. Bible says 18 years she was in that condition. 18 years. Folks, say that with me. 18 years. But she still went to church, 
came every Sunday, was there, or in those days, the Sabbath, every Saturday she was there. She was coming, but she was bent over. And the Bible says it, that literally on the Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he saw a woman. I need you to understand, God sees your situation. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He sees your condition and he saw a woman who was crippled by an evil spirit. What's amazing is that you can have an evil spirit covering over you and you're still coming to church. And the evil spirit is cool. Evil spirit's all right going to church. Evil spirit don't mind you getting religious. He don't mind you going to church. Doesn't mind you singing a song and paying a tithe as long as you don't get power. Stay in the condition. Never straighten up. Some of y'all need to straighten up. Okay, we'll see you next week, Pastor. See you next week. Come in. Receive the Lord Jesus as my Lord and Savior. See you next week. Still in the same condition. Why? Because religion, I need you to understand this. Religion implies to search or to consider. What I need you to grab a hold of is this. This woman was crippled by an evil spirit, bent over and unable to stand up straight. She finds herself going to church. She came to church, paid her tithes, was involved. I need you to understand. Religion wants to keep you in bondage. This lady is walking in. Religion gives you comfort. I'm tired of giving people comfort. I want to give them power. I'm tired. It's okay. Religion tells you you're all right in your situation. Just cope with your condition. Cope with your addiction. Just come to church. Sing a song. Say a prayer. But go home still bent over, still in bondage, still never finding the ability to stand up straight. Religion keeps you in that condition. Teaches you to be content where you're at. Teaches you to find the way to give tolerance for your environment. But you weren't created to have tolerance for your environment. You were created to change it. Somebody has to hear what I'm saying this morning. Religion makes you tired by a set of rules. It just weighs you down. And that's probably why she was bent over. Jesus walks in. This is so cool. The king walks in. The king walks in one day to this place where this woman's bent over. And when he preaches, he teaches her something she didn't know before. Gives her the information. Sees her sitting there and says, woman, come here. Sabbath. Not supposed to work. Who created the Sabbath? God did. Do you know that God loves you more than he does his rules? (laughs) Are you catching this? God's breaking his own rules in order to minister to his people. And yet we put up our rules and we have all these things. You can't do this. God can't do this. It has to be like this. And we have all these rules on how God has to move. That's why God doesn't move. Jesus walks in, sees her, calls her forward and says, you're healed. Just like that. You're healed. Then he touches her. Just like Babe Ruth, he calls a shot. She stands up. 
Now, if someone came walking up here that had a big old cancer on the side of their face and we prayed for her and it fell off and it disappeared, what would you do? You'd go crazy. At least you should. You start praising God or some of y'all would be like, man, why wasn't it me? I've been having the shoulder ache for, for a long time and how come nobody prayed for me? You know, man, my back be hurting. Are they done praying yet? You know, okay, it fell off. Big deal. Let's go. Let's go do something. I'm hungry. She goes crazy. The Bible says that she starts praising God. What's amazing is this, is that the religious folk, the pastors, the leaders... Don't celebrate with her. They're in their suits. They're looking fine. Got their Armani or Arnani. Us ministers always wearing knockoff junk, trying to make it look like we're wearing the real thing. Someone got me a Dolex one time. It went to the Philippines, bought me a, a Dolex. So, Pastor, it's almost like a Rolex. It looks like the same thing. Oh, Lord. And they come up to Jesus. They don't even deal with Jesus. They look at the woman and say, Hey, if you want to be healed, don't come on the Sabbath. Come during the other six days of the week. They're more concerned about rules being followed than a woman being set free. And they're freaked out about it. They get mad at the lady that Jesus healed her. It's like, forget the miracle. You did it on the wrong time. Miracles cannot happen during worship. Only when prayer cat goes up there and when we call people forward, you can't get prayed for until she comes forward. Stop it. No praying. And we can get so much in a routine that we don't allow God to move when he wants. We can only touch God when we're in church. We can only hear from God when we come to Mount Pleasant High School. This is a school. I love what Jesus does. I love the way he dealt with the religious folk in verse 15. My dear brothers. My servants, my children. What's Jesus say? Jesus is straight. That's what, that's what I love about him. He gave love to those that needed love and a kick in the butt to those that needed one. You hypocrites. Each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it to water? This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham. Everyone say daughter of Abraham. Daughter of Abraham has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. She has a 
She has a. She has a. Are you catching this? She has a. To be healed. Jesus goes legal on the church lawyers. Sitting in church, she's struggling with her condition 18 years. Religion taught her to cope. Just deal with it. Religion just taught her how to get by. Let me just get to church. Let me just deal with this. Let me cope with it. Then the king walks in. The king walks into his kingdom and says, Oh, wait a minute. That's not right. You missed it. Let me say it again. That's not right. Your addiction. Oh, come on. Your addiction. That ain't right. That illness, that diabetes, that leukemia, that cancer, that foot condition. That's not right. That's not right. That depression. That's not right. That marital strife, that's not right. I need that the financial struggle, that's not right. Why? Because the king is not moved based on emotion. Something wrong with our Pentecostals sometimes. We're so emotional, we ain't got no substance. Oh God, you gotta heal me. You gotta do, you gotta, you got God's like. What? Don't even understand what you're saying. (laughs) Courts aren't moved by emotion. They're moved by rights. Say it again, Pastor. Courts are not swayed by emotion. I don't care what courtroom you go into and you start crying, they'll stop you. Stop. We'll take a five-minute break, let you kind of regain composure. And when you're done, we'll get back to the testimony. God, I need you to do it. God, please do it. God's like, this is a daughter of Abraham. She had legal right to wholeness. The king walked in and said, this religious junk isn't meeting the need. Woman, you're free. The king walked in and restored her. What am I telling you? Is every one of you in this room right now, if you are in Christ, then you are sons of Abraham and seeds according to his promise, according to Galatians. That means that we have a right. We have a right. We have a right. I have a right. I have a right. You have a right. Ought not. That's not right. That's not right. Is there something going on in your life right now that you can stand up and say, that ain't right? Come on, financially, there's something going on in your life. You need to stand up right now and say, that ain't right. You got a sickness in your body right now and you got a relationship with God. You have a right to stand up and say, that ain't right. Make that day. You got something going on in your mind where depression's trying to attack you, your your worry or whatever. You got to stand up right now and say, that ain't right. It's time to make a declaration and recognize Jesus is a legal 
God. He established his law. He is so much into the rights and doing things the right way that he wouldn't even wipe out his law. He submitted himself to die to it in order to enforce it. So how do you and I become empowered? It's in your notes. Look on the back page and do it. Operate in faith. Pursue the presence of God. Take time in prayer. Make sure you're obedient to the word of God. And then work together in unity. When we work together, when they came together in one place in one accord, that's when the spirit of God fell. I'm looking at a group of people right now that I know some of you are going through some issues. I'm here to tell you something. That ain't right. It's not right. And CWC is going to be a place, a culture of power. Culture of power. Not where pastor prays you through. That ain't right. I wasn't created for your dominion. I was created to empower you, to equip you. You were created for dominion. You were created for it. Close your eyes, raise your hands with me right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.